The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Hey, Jody! I'm totally ready. We have an absolutely fantastic show coming up today. Aren't you excited? Oh, I'm thrilled. I am so excited to talk about one of my favorite things. It's ice cream. Woo! I know. But, I love ice cream, too. Um, but, you know, first, you're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. And um, we're talking ice cream. And, you know, Liz, I actually began my career in ice cream. Did you know that I worked at Baskin Robbins for two years when I was like 16 years old? And I actually have calluses to prove it. <laughs> you still have calluses? <laughs> I still have calluses from scooping ice cream. Yes, I do. But you know what? It was one of my favorite jobs. And that's why I'm so excited to be here with Natasha Case today and really talk about how she's turned ice cream into like this phenomenal business, like the idea of an old school ice cream truck and an ice cream business. And she's like, you know, redone it for like yeah. the next generation. Yeah. Something tells me it's not exactly old school. So I'm really excited to talk to Natasha. I first um, met her in 2011 when I wrote an article for Go Magazine and it was a whole spread on 18 red hot entrepreneurs. And since then she's built a ice cream empire essentially. So let me, without further ado, let's, let's properly introduce her. And um, you know, Natasha Case our guest today received her master's in architecture from UCLA in 2008 and launched Cool House at Coachella Valley Music Festival in 2009. Since then, she has grown the company from one ice cream truck to 10 trucks in LA, New York City, and Dallas, two scoop shops in Los Angeles, and prepackaged sandwiches, pints, and bars available in 5,000 stores nationally and internationally. She also co-authored a best-selling cookbook and has been named Forbes 30 Under 30, Zagat 30 Under 30, and LinkedIn Under 35. Welcome to the show, Natasha. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. So I fantastic. The, I love all the ice cream passion I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ice cream passion. And, you know, I've been looking for the Sammies. Like, I, I live in Brooklyn, and I went to the Whole Foods, and I was like, I have to find a Sammy. And they were sold out. Like, oh. it was crazy. Um, wow. So it's a hot ticket. It's a hot ticket you got there. <laughs> I appreciate that. We put you on a scavenger hunt. <laughs> I know. I know, apparently. So... So can you take us to the beginning of, of the story? Because I heard that you took, you know, you may have had to, like, push the postal van to Coachella or something. And <laughs> right, so, like, right, right. You, 
you put it all out there and you put it, you know, what was your, what was going through your mind like during that time where you just were like, we're going for it? Oh uh, yeah. We had to push the uh, truck, you know, uphill both ways in the, in the snow to Coachella. Um, <laughs> no, it was, it was, that's, that's uh, it's a good question. I mean, yes, we, we, there was very humble beginnings to the brand. Um, we joined triple uh, a platinum cause we, we, uh, learned that you got one free 200 mile tow with an upgrade to the membership, and that that would get fantastic. The yeah. <laughs> so um, the the morning of Coachella, we pretended that our basically postal broke down postal van excuse for an ice cream truck had broken down that morning, even though it never drove in the first place. Um, and a very sympathetic man from AAA pretended to believe our story. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's funny. I think. I think it's sort of what you were saying in that latter part there. It's, it's you, you know, it was so much adrenaline and just so much, this is what we're doing. There wasn't even time. I don't even really remember having the, the luxury to think, well, what if this, what if that? And I had a, just such a strong instinct. I could see, I, I, was, I always think like visualizing um, your, your dream and goal, making it really visual, making it clear in your head or putting it down on paper is so important because I just saw the writing on the wall, like, this is going to be a big thing. I just know it. And I really had to go with that instinct. I mean, that was really, you know, mm-hmm. um, what mm-hmm. was the kind of, the kind of assurance we had at, at that point with instincts and, and not much else. So we just kind of went for it. And also I remember, our, um, Freya's cousin asking me, you know, are you, are you scared? Are you stressed out? And I said, no, I mean, it's like, there was nothing to lose. You know, we still had mm-hmm. our other jobs. We, we didn't put a lot of money into it. We didn't take, you know, any really investment besides my personal credit card to start. So it was like, let's do this thing. We have a great idea. If it doesn't work out, it's not like our whole lives are going to fall apart. So right. I think that's a great way to kind of get going anyway as an entrepreneur, you know, kind of okay. test a concept and see and then go back to it. And Freya is the co-founder. Is that right? Yes. Sorry, that's right. Yes. And who are now yes. married, actually. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. <laughs> um you. So, so for those who don't, who, who aren't familiar with Cool House, can you just give like a snapshot of what you do, what you make, where you distribute, um, you know, just to give people in your own words, an idea of all that you do? Cause it's pretty unique take on, on ice cream. Um, yes. So we are, um, we say we're architecturally inspired, uh, you know, um, handcrafted premium, uh, dessert company known for the ice cream sandwiches probably the most, but also pints and bars. Um, in our, our kind of signature things are elevated classics like our minimalism ice cream sandwich, which is mm-hmm. double chocolate cookie, and we call dirty mint ice cream because it has mm-hmm. fresh mint and a touch of brown sugar, so it's much more of an earthy tea-like mint than, you know, a toothpaste mint. Uh, but then everything from the crazy flavors, like we have a fried chicken and waffle ice cream or a whiskey Lucky Charms ice cream that we call Irish breakfast. So um, we're definitely known for pushing the envelope as far as what, what ice cream can be. And we're sold from 10 trucks uh, in, they're in L.A., Dallas, and New York, two scoop shops in L.A. of our own. But then, as you mentioned, we're distributed all around the country now internationally. So you can find, you know, Cool House can be a part of your world pretty much anywhere. I think we're in all 50 states at this point. And the architectural significance is my background. I used to be an architect. Um, what's been great is Cool House is about uh, the punny names, like the Frank Berry, the Mies Vanilla Row, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, making architecture fun and accessible through the names. But it's also about what if an architect designed a brand, not, not a building. 
and I get to use my skill set in packaging, web design, marketing materials, telling a story through visuals. So that's kind of a big part of it, and that's been a really cool part of the experience. And did that kind of evolve, or did you, like, set out saying, like, with my ice cream, I'm going to be all in architecture? Or did you kind of come to that story kind of as you sold more ice cream, et cetera? I would definitely say that was part to begin with. I was really interested since undergrad in um, architecture meets food and different applications of architecture. So I would do, like, pop-up dinners and um, always, you know, there would always be a big design element in it. Um, so I think that that was, you know, something that was an intention, but seeing exactly how that would play out is part of the fun of actually going through the journey. Right, yeah, right. And it's amazing to me because, like, um, you know, when you hear all these business experts talk about branding and how you should do all this stuff, and it was like you intuitively knew how to do it based in your architecture training, Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it was built it was on really passion. Good. We're used to yeah. it. Yeah, yes, yes. Yes. So you pa- turned your passion into something, you know, tangible and, you know, went mm. for it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that I saw that certain um it's like it's like you I had to take the parts that I was passionate about as far as the career path I had gone down and make that my own, you know. Um mm. And also realize things that you have. I tell people all the time, like, there's things that you may think are a disadvantage in business. Being, uh, you know, uh, a minority, being, not having that perfect skill set, not having the MBA. All those things can be advantages to you, actually, um, if you know how to kind of um, mm. position them correctly or get a certain perspective on them. Um, so I right, think it's, that, uh, it's the idea of being yeah. scrappy, right? And and that entrepreneurial yeah. spirit that actually gets you further than I think a lot of MBAs because you have, you just have to figure it out. Nobody's you, yeah. you haven't really figured it like nobody's really taught you how to do it, so you just have to figure it out. But um, yeah. this has been this has been so awesome, and we're so excited to have you here. And we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to hear more about Cool House and ice cream and Natasha's story. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. 
Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And today's guest is Natasha Case from Cool House. We're super excited to have her here. And we're talking about how she built her brand from, you know, pushing a, or having a U-Haul, not a U-Haul, I'm sorry, a AAA truck, <laughs> put, uh, haul her to um, Coachella. And so now you have like a fleet of, of carts and trucks of ice cream. So how did you go from point A to point B to where you are now? Well, there's definitely um, a lot of interesting stories to be told as far as that's concerned. But I would say the major thing was being able to to pivot but keep growing. Um, you know, we really started as a as a food truck business, as a you know gourmet dessert truck business. And over time, um, it became clear that those that that channel was not scalable in you know the hundred two hundred million dollar business goal that we had way that that we wanted to be. So um, we were able to kind of, you know, evaluate the strategy of how we were really going to scale and grow, and we started to concentrate on wholesale distribution, which was a tiny, tiny, tiny part of our business the first two years. We had gone into Whole Foods. So mm-hmm. um, we, we did a three-store test with them, and it went well, and there seemed a real opportunity to kind of go through that channel, um, which is very scalable, low, you know, low overhead. Um, it, it's, it's something that, you know, getting a Cool House sandwich in everyone's freezer, that, that's the way you're going to do it. And there's also an exit potential. You know, um, another company could buy, could buy that business, and, you know, we could get the private island. So, you know, mm-hmm. simple goals. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so our strategy changed, and, and we still, the trucks are amazing and still a huge part of our brand, but they're, they became much more strategic than, like, you know, living and dying by the trucks. So that, that's been a really big part of the secret sauce for us. And so how did getting into Whole Foods impact your operations? Like, how, in terms um, of, um, and, and also, like, how many employees do you have, just to give us an idea of yeah. what, what you're yeah, working with? Say at peak summer, it's like 45. Mainly mm-hmm. that's people who work the shops and the trucks, but we do also have eight corporate uh, as well, mainly based in L.A. We have a new beautiful corporate headquarters, actually, um, designed with uh, Freya and my dad. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm right there in Culver City next to the shop. So, um, 
Whole Foods was, I mean, I think it, it legitimizes things because the kind of, you know, um, audits and checks and balances and supply chains you have to have are, are a kind of a bigger, you know, a bigger deal than when you're a food service company. Um, but I also think that it was like, you know, that two years in to, to come to that, that maturity where we, we were saying, okay, the trucks are great, but let's explore brick and mortars and let's explore wholesale. Um, and see that see the option there um, of a brand, and especially at that time, Whole Foods really was. There's much more widespread kind of natural gourmet. Even some of the more mass retailers who didn't prioritize those kind of products have now carry products like Whole House, for example, mm-hmm. Target, you know, Kroger um, have all moved in that direction. So at the time, Whole Foods was really the main kind of the main kind of national market to do that with. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there was, we just saw that this is a huge, you know, this is a, this is a huge opportunity to really put us on, on the map in a different way. And how do you decide, um, you know, where to put your food trucks? Because, I mean, your, your trucks, because I know on your site you have a really great thing where you can sort of see, okay, like the, there's a truck in, you know, Brooklyn at this festival on this date or it's, it's booked for a private party. You know, how, do you, how did you decide where to put the trucks? Um, in the beginning, it was, it was much kind of like there was like daily vending. Um, just mm-hmm. to get the name out there about the brand. Um, and uh, then over time, it became more of the private events, the catering, special events. Now what we really try to do is mainly do events where there's some sort of build-up or marketing um, or, you know, a, a kind of we're a piece of something bigger going on, for example, a film festival, something like that, because mm-hmm. we really found that those have much more kind of stable, predictable um, revenue and just generally more people, especially now since we have so much private catering, whether it be weddings or film set visits or corporate partnerships. Um, we really, you know, we, we only have the trucks available for so much vending to the public. So we really try to be wise in which events we choose. So, mm-hmm. and so what's interesting to me about this is you've really kind of put the experience around the ice cream truck, right? So it's no longer just like a food truck where you just go get ice cream. It's now like you've really ex- put experience with your brand. And was that intentional or did that just kind Absolutely. of evolve? No, I think that that is definitely intentional because we, you know, it's, it's so tough if you're talking about a grocery store aisle. Um, it's so tough to really differentiate yourself, especially in that section where, the, you know, the freezer door has condensation and there's millions and millions of other brands. I think we saw early on, we have this huge advantage of a following that knows us from the street, you know, that mm-hmm. is, um, uh, that, that you have that kind of guerrilla marketing built into the brand and there's an authenticity to that. And what's been great about having that on the street presence literally is other brands who want to partner with us. Uh, for example, we have, um, our biggest, our biggest kind of partnership to date with uh, American Express Delta. They're putting mm-hmm. us on tour in, um, 11 cities around the country, um, a West Coast truck and an East Coast, Coast truck that has a, a, a wrap that says American Express Delta Cool House. And we made um, airline snack-inspired ice cream sandwiches that we're giving out to card members. And wow, that wow. specifically is the perfect quintessential bread and butter partnership for us because it's a big, big company that, you know, brings all the kind of corporate, the um, uh, really large-scale reach, um, uh, you know, like really fantastic teams and different 
um, components of different teams, whether it be PR or the production side, all the different pieces that go into the, these activations. But we bring the fast-moving, on-the-streets, customization, cool factor. Um, so I think that really, that's huge. That, and, and, and it's so great to always have a part of, of one's brand, have that true kind of authenticity on the street. And so how do you decide to join up with brands to make sure that you're in alignment with your, um, you know, authentic, you know, your, your brand, you know, how do you make sure that it's the right fit? I think with something like Cool House, almost anything can be the right fit. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, you know, there's, um, excuse me, there's like with, with corporate big brands, national brands, there's always going to be, you know, there's a way to make it your own. And I think mm-hmm. the cool house, it is so cool and it is so wacky and it's great to do, you know, to have a partner that you don't need to have a partner that is exactly that, you know? And everybody um, loves ice cream, right? <laughs> exactly. It's so universal. I mean, the only ones that would really have to, you know, making sure that the business is obviously credible and, and um, treats, treats people properly is not like a business that is doing, you know, severe harm to the earth, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are, I yeah. mean, outside of that, you know, um, I think there's ways to make any partnership fun and different. You're making them cooler, and I think that makes you look cool, that you could take, you know, a brand that's maybe more of like a household name that's not super edgy and make it cool. Um, and then they bring the uh, the channels of awareness in terms of scope to what you're doing. So it's pretty much a win-win. Yeah, it sounds like a true partnership because everybody's getting something, and it's um exactly. you know and yeah and and I I guess you guys definitely bring the hipness factor to maybe like a a more old school company yeah. that wants to reach yeah. a new demographic. So. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of demographic, I know ice cream is totally universal, but do you have like a specific, uh, you know, more concentrated demographic that you reach or is it all over the place? Yeah, I would say the strongest kind of uh, target is millennial skewing slightly female. Um, mm-hmm. And then both, um, you know, the, the next bracket, younger and older, is pretty even and it works its way out from there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and it's not like that's a overwhelming, you know, there's definitely strong um, alignment in that slightly older bracket and slightly younger bracket. But what we realize is because we have so many different ways of hitting, um, you know, consumers, it really also depends on what channel those people are accessing. For example, uh, people who, you know, people who come to the scoop shop, it's a lot of families. So that's a more Mm -hmm. diverse group in terms of age. People who track down the trucks to buy a sandwich at a festival, probably a millennial. Someone who books the truck to come to their birthday party, probably a slightly more senior executive type. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who, you know, um, we've also, though, do weddings where we're the only dessert and there's one other food truck and that's the only food, and those are definitely weddings on a budget that are very cool, but that could be, you know, kind of a, a younger, more millennial, um, you know, couple getting married. And then mm-hmm. um, grocery stores is going to be that the individual sandwiches are kind of more millennial, but the pints and bars, which are more perceived as like a multi-pack, those could be more of like a, a mom or a dad buying them for the for the house, so slightly older. So it's really interesting. If you you really have to go by product and by channel to see, you know, who is who's buying what. Yeah, and then you're you reach a whole variety of people, you know, for yeah, various absolutely. reasons. Absolutely. So, um, 
Fantastic. So we're going to actually go to a quick break, but I just want to throw a shout, a shout out there to Avalara.com and uh, Avalara and Bill.com, our sponsors. Thank you. And uh, we're talking to Natasha Case of Cool House, and we will be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. So I'm so excited um, to be here uh, with Natasha Case um, talking about ice cream. And we're at my favorite part of the show, you know, the financial underwear drawer, where we're actually going to get into the nitty gritty of her business. And, you know, so the the CPA in me and um, is just dying to know how you deal with sales tax and all these jurisdictions and how that's affected you as you've grown all these places. So how's that, Natasha? I like that. Um, excellent. Getting to the point there of the of the underwear drawer. Um, I don't worry about that too much. I mean, um, in some cases, uh, it's kind of a pass through as far as like depending on where we're doing a catering event. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know, it, it comes in, it goes out. It's not. It's not really. 
um, versus I think people kind of think of it more mentally when they're buying a sandwich from our shop and, and that tax is, you know, just a straight, is more of a straight tax um, because actually you don't tax frozen to go in California. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is that, oh, I think that so many costs like that state by state are proportionate to the opportunities um, that that state offers as far as business. And sometimes when I see places that we've operated that are very low cost or very easy to do business, unfortunately, sometimes the reason is there's not that much business to be had there. For example, um, wow. uh, we had trucks in Miami for a little while, which was actually, in the big picture, I think a great strategy because we ended up getting great distribution in grocery stores in Florida. Um, but it was so easy to get the health permit because the health department for the trucks was state-run, not city-run, so they were hardly checking on you. It was very laissez-faire. It was cheap. They were really helpful in getting it set up. And I just think that's because they probably kind of know that food truck business there is just not, um, you know, it was, it was just so uh, kind of minuscule compared to a city like New York, which was a nightmare to get, you know, the, the, the licenses and very expensive, but there's amazing, amazing business to be had there. There's huge, huge, you know, brands with their headquarters there. There's great clients. So I always think, like, if you're fighting for it, it's probably because it's worth it. There's a lot of people fighting, too. That's kind of my philosophy, so it's all kind of proportion, proportionate that way. So so I love that, and I, and I guess – um, you as being a small business owner when you, um, like as you started, how did you deal with the complexity of like being multi-state and, and dealing with the, I'll say the accounting piece of it um, and either working with your accounting or, or your accountant or doing it on your own to help you grow, right? How, how, how did that kind of evolve? I think that you really... In the beginning, you know, we had we had bookkeepers who who did very kind of simple work for the most part, and you really had to know what was going on. But that was good, I think. Um, you know, being so hands on, being so aware of um, every little detail, and being part of the decision instead of being like, "Oh, you're a lot of people say I have a great idea. I just need someone to like handle the money." And it's like red flag. You know, you got to know how that works and how to do it, and then you can kind of pass it off to somebody. And now I'm mm-hmm. so glad because it was, it was an education, you know, learning all that stuff. And it's not, it's definitely tricky. You've got to know the rules, but it's not rocket science. You know, many people have done it before you. Many people will continue to do it after you. And um, you've got to be prepared, I think, as an entrepreneur, self-starter, to just be super autodidactic and understand at least the fundamentals. Check that your books actually match your cash. Um, there's just so much, you know, there's so much theft, both white collar, you know, and, and petty theft that can happen in, in a business like ours. Um, right. I, I, yeah. I mean, I love that idea of getting um, entrepreneurs to realize that they really have to be engaged in it and involved because too many entrepreneurs, like, like, just put their head in their sand, right? And, like, they don't want to oh, think wait. about it. Um, yeah, exactly. They want to ignore it. They're in denial, kind of. So what tool, What are some of the accounting tools, or I don't know how much technology you use in your accounting, but um, cloud accounting tools that you use in your business that help you run your business um, from an owner standpoint, not necessarily being so deep into the, the books? Um, I heard you might use one of our sponsors, Build.com. Yes, totally, yes. So... Um, We've been on, the first big one is we've been on QuickBooks forever. 
Okay. Um, we you do we do we don't have inventory in there per se, but we have all the costs associated with all the kinds of depending on what channel we're charging for, whether that be writing a PO for wholesale, catering, um, you know, deliveries, anything like that is all is all in there, and it does the job for relatively affordable. We now. We now process credit cards through QuickBooks, too, so someone can just mm-hmm. go in and pay their invoice directly. Um, Bill.com, funny enough, is, yes, a recent one that we've um, we started using where it's just so much, you know, it, it, so many um, snail mail is becoming a timeline issue, taking too long, take, the bills are taking too long to get to me. If I wasn't in town to sign or if Dan or the partner wasn't in town, you know, they could sit on someone's desk for a few days, and then by the time they get in the mail and go out, or, you know, in these days, seemingly get lost all the time, um, you know, then you have an angry vendor. And I know I always like getting paid on time, so we want to pay our people on time. Um, but that's definitely been helpful. I would say that right now for Cool House, we're looking for a strategic partner um, actively, actually, um, mm-hmm. that we can, you know, where they may invest in the business. Um, and um, and get an equity stake, and we would be able to plug into things like their operating system because we do probably at a certain point need a more sophisticated operating system that's made like QuickBooks um, where we can, it can tie in, you know, orders and bills and, and the finances of it all. But some of those things are just so expensive. You know, we're talking quarter million plus. Um, so we don't want to reinvent the wheel. So that's sort of been, you know, a lot of talk internally whether we should, you know, do a major, major upgrade because we are definitely on top of it, but it's much more kind of boutique in that sense. Um, right. Full on, you know, kind of large scale softwares. And, and it's like you're, you're going through the growth pains, right? So it's like, I'm sure like as you've gone down this journey, you know, originally it was like, when do I pay myself? then when do I pay my first employee? And now you're like, okay, how do I manage inventory? How do I manage um, multiple business lines? Um, and how do I count for it all, right? So, right, exactly. Um, so, and, and I think that's a, a struggle or, you know, an opportunity that a lot of entrepreneurs have because, you know, you want your business to grow. Um, but then at each level, it's like the next level of complexity from just an operations standpoint. So how have you kind of um, worked through that yourself? Yeah, um, I think that really trying to have, um, we, we don't want what you don't want to do is have the demand to grow, but then not have um, some of the basic infrastructure in place. So we're always trying to build infrastructure they won't have to reevaluate every time we get bigger and one of the biggest um, kind of uh, pieces of this is our co-packer relationships okay um, it just definitely gets into the scale question so um, we you know at Cole House we don't like own the factory or the manufacturing that creates our product but we partner with someone who does and they make our recipes to spec so we own all the products um, but it's not, you know, we're not, if you're, in, it, I found that in, in food in general, unless you're really tiny or really big, you're, you know, you got to pick either you're a brand or you're a manufacturer. It's really, really hard and almost impossible to be both because you can't, manufacturers are the type who specialize in like, you know, sourcing certain ingredients and, and, you know, buying the equipment and upgrading the equipment. And if you want to be a brand like us that's more concentrated on innovation and, um, you know, these awesome partnerships and flavor development, all those kind of things, then that's the, ter- the, ter- the terrain we, we really picked. But why I brought this up in relation to your question is, 
that's been a huge part of why we've been able to scale so quickly too. Every time we grow, we don't need to buy a new machine. You know, it's their equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, it also allows you to cash flow in a really great way because I'm essentially buying the finished product from them. I'm not already out money in the bank for the raw dairy and sugar and ingredients. You know, that's their inventory. Right. The old, we don't buy the inventory until it's an ice cream sandwich, a pint or a bar or a tub of ice cream. So that's something that we put in place very early on. That's like we can still continue, continue to grow with this method indefinitely, not have to stop and think, okay, someone wants an order, but we don't know how to get it to them. We don't have the infrastructural capabilities to do it. So that's awesome. So now tell me about how you're going international with that. So we found a great way. We always said, you know, we'd love to be international, but we only really want to do it if it's a plug-and-play type concept. For example, um, you know, we, aren't, we weren't at the time, or not really at this time, looking to, you know, license our scoop shop and have to kind of go there and work with the partner on all the little nitty-gritty. We were looking for something that was like a, a plug-and-play kind of scalable distribution model. And this amazing thing happened with... Um, one of our partners, and this, this is definitely connected to um, the co-packer and the sourcing knowledge, um, we have a partner called California Milk Advisory Board. They are, some, you may have seen, especially if you live in California, um, the seals on patching that say Real California Milk, Real California Dairy. Um, okay. That's this organization, and they represent farmers, dairy farmers in California. Um, and if you put that seal on your packaging, you get a subsidy, um, on the packaging, you get, uh, they've sent us to uh, trade shows. Um, for example, um, one of my sales managers just got back from a show in Singapore that was like an all expenses paid, you know, um, bring Cool House to Singapore and the Philippines to try to grow business and bring awareness about California dairy. Since that wow, that's wow. packaging. So not only did that create demand in Asia, which we now distribute to, but um, California Milk also has consolidators and specialists in um, bringing freight, you know, cold freight um, from the U.S. to Asia. We're also in the Middle East and Qatar and Bahrain. Um, so they've been an amazing partner, and they help with, you know, um, the paperwork and just having someone who that's all they do. That's their, that's their specialty is getting it, um, you know, it, transporting product in that method has been hugely helpful. So we've been able to get to all these other places actually relatively quickly and inexpensively by comparison, which has been awesome. No, that sounds phenomenal. So they actually send it frozen or do they actually make it there? Just to clarify that. Oh yeah, we make it here and they send it frozen. Okay. Wow. So so it doesn't melt along the way. <laughs> right. Um, so no, so this has been um, really awesome deep dive into your financial underwear drawer and really, and we're going to take um, a short break and bring it back. And then Natasha's going to tell us about how you can um, find all her ice cream. Find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And you can find us on Facebook. We are Let's Get Radical. And also, we're talking to Natasha Case from Cool House. It's been an amazing show. She's given us a lot of information about her story and how she's built her business. And Natasha, um, before you let people know where they can find your amazing Sammys and other gorgeous ice creams um can you what are some lessons you've learned over the years of being a business owner so one that uh, both Frey and i really like to champion is you know uh, minimum viable product we hear so many people that we give advice to say it's not ready it's not done it's never going to be ready it's never going to be done you have to put it out there and that will teach you so much about about the product about what people want about what they like what they don't like um, also recommend you get anonymous feedback, like have a party where you invite friends and family, but let them write responses anonymously because no one wants to tell you to your face if they don't like it. Um, but, but I really, I really believe in, you know, just, just the public is, we're kind of all legends in our own minds. Like we think we put it out there too early, then we're going to be judged and people will never get over it. But everyone, like, forgets there's so much going on in the world. No one's going to be so focused on that you improved your brand, that you tweaked it, that you changed it. Um, so that's a really big one. Um, 
I also think you can walk through a wall when you don't know it's there. Um, mm. That means that, you know, there are, there are things that it's great to have advice of more experienced people, but sometimes people almost know too much, and that's a limitation in the kind of risk they can take. When I look back at the risk that we took starting Cool House, it's like I wouldn't, I'm, I'm only seven years in, and I wouldn't even do that now knowing what I know. But that's good. You kind of need that. You need that that naivete in a way, that's also actually an incredible um, tool because you just, you just break through barriers that you don't even see in the first place. Right. You just do it because that's the only thing you can do. You don't have an option, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You're going on an idea and momentum and you're just pushing. You're going forward and, you know, you'll take what happens. You'll handle it. Exactly. So... So what about people who might want to get into the food truck business, which obviously is a lot of hard work, and, but is taking off everywhere? Um, you know, do you have any advice for people who, wanna, who have something that they want to sell or distribute through a food truck? I would say um, think about the truck. It, it has to really plug into something else. I think the truck concept is most successful when it's, a, when it's a strategy or strategic tool for a bigger picture agenda. For example, maybe you're launching something in a grocery store and you take a food truck on tour to build awareness about it and build that on-the-ground presence like we spoke about earlier. Or maybe you're looking to launch a restaurant or a, a chain of restaurants and a truck is a great way for a lot cheaper to just sort of put the menu out there and see what people think. And also, you can always do catering with it along your restaurant, but use the same kitchen. So there's an instant scale there. Um, so that's what I say. Think about it. If it's just going to be a single, you know, one-off food truck, um, you're, it's going to have to be owner-operated, and you're going to get burnt out. It's really hard to survive mm-hmm. in, that, in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't believe we didn't ask you this, but how do you guys come up with your flavors? I mean, fried chicken, waffle, ice cream, like how do you guys brainstorm that? The two major ways that I tell people that I do that is one, um, just sort of, you know, eating, eating, uh, you know, eating and, and learning and reading about what's going on in the food world. Um, but thinking, not reacting to it, but thinking, where is this going next? And the fried chicken impetus was, you know, we had had the brown, brown butter candied bacon sandwich or bacon ice cream, which was awesome. And, and at the time that we launched it, definitely considered, uh, it was definitely one of the uh, earlier, you know, bacon dessert in our, in our space um, type uh, concepts. And, uh, you know, but then you started to see a lot of bacon desserts out there, even like, I think like, you know, I don't know, Wendy's had a bacon shake or whatever. It was just clearly becoming more of a mass widespread thing. So we, th- we thought, what's the next, you know, what's, what's a, a kind of a, a meat dish that can be reinterpreted for dessert the way that bacon was um, or an ingredient? And we thought, you know, what about fried chicken and waffle? We're seeing that on a lot of restaurant menus, and there's so many sweet um, components to it, like sage butters and, and obviously maple and spices. Um, and we're seeing a lot of people elevate the fried chicken and waffle dish. So we thought, how can we make this into an ice cream? We infused uh, our homemade caramel with organic fried chicken skins, strain the skins, add cayenne, oh sage, black pepper. Yeah, golden brown butter <laughs> ice cream with waffle. It, it was so good, and it really spoke to what we were trying to do. And then um, very much in a different direction of flavor development, very often 
it comes from a client wanting us to create a custom ice cream uh, for a campaign mm. or for an event, and it really forces us to be creative with their theme, and then we end up loving the flavor. So, um, you know, that happens wow. all the time. Yeah, we did that for, we had a Spongebob ice cream that we made that we kept around forever because stoners loved it, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a visionary well, This is actually... Yeah, this is actually a perfect segue in how people can get in touch with you in case you want to have Natasha and Cool House make up a special ice cream for you. What's the best way that people can get in touch with you and follow you guys and your movement? Yeah. <laughs> so all of our social media is at Cool House, C-O-O-L-H-A-U-S. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, and then on Snapchat, we're Cool House LA. And then, you know, I'm very accessible. My email on the website. If you have a question, shoot me an email. I get back to you. You know, I, I love working with um, up-and-coming entrepreneurs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was. We, I feel like I learned so much about the food industry and, and your business, which is, like, you know, amazing. And now I really have to go find a Sammy. Like, there's no excuse. I have to go hunt it down. I'm so ready for some ice cream, and it's been <laughs> awesome to have such a such an entrepreneurial journey too, right? So from like that that small ice cream truck to now like a worldwide ice cream empire, it's just it, it's exciting. So I, you know, thank you. thank you for being on our show, and thank you for sharing your story with us. And um, you can reach uh, Liz and I at Jody and Liz at Let's Get Radical if you want to um, be on our show, if you want to connect with us, that's where we are. And our next- shows, uh, I just wanted to say that our show is also on iTunes and Stitcher. So you can subscribe and, and listen to us that way as well. And next week, we are going to have actually the founder of Bill.com on our show, Renee Lassert. And um, we're going to hear all about how he's changing um AR and AP. So make sure to join us next week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.